<clears throat> Amen. All right, let's open the Bibles, please, to Matthew 16. You know, I heard a great sermon one time on Father's Day called Fathers Who Failed. It was unbelievable. You know, if you look at the mothers who failed, pretty convicting. That was to balance out everything I said. <laughs> All right, let's open uh, to Matthew 16. We're going to begin reading uh, in verse 21. We'll read responsively through verse 27. Shall we stand, please, for the reading of God's eternal word? Matthew 16 and verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be done unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross and follow me. And whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. If you look back at verse 26, just point out a few words here. For what is a man profited, the profit, number one, if he shall gain, that's increase, the whole world, lose his own soul, and what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So you have profit, gain, exchange of trading or bartering, and then you have losing and finding. Uh, so this morning I want to speak to you on this subject, the soul business. The soul business. Uh, I preached something similar to this uh, a few weeks ago about getting a full return on your investment. Uh, this is different, but it relates to it. Uh, let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless the message. We need your help to preach and hear the word. Pray that we be uh, convicted uh, what we're doing here. What is the meaning of life? What's the purpose of thy church, the ministry, thy kingdom? Help some of us to reaffirm it, others to settle it once and for all, or to come to a realization that we're in the soul business. Help us to know what that means. Uh, we once again pray that your spirit would reveal these things to us he would lead and guide us into all truth, and that we'd put aside preconceived notion and vain philosophy, and in some cases, reprioritize our life. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Uh, the soul business. I uh, mentioned this a while back. Brother Howes always used to say, this is big business. Uh, this is big business. Uh, it's very sad to me that your average professing Christian 
does not know what we're trying to accomplish. What are we involved in? The average church member has never come to a realization of what the church is all about. The average Baptist and independent Baptist and Bible believer, most of them have not reached the right conclusion a lot of times when you meet somebody, I hear it all the time, the question will come up, what business are you in? And then they'll say, that's none of your business. No, they'll say, what business are you in? I'm in the old business. I'm in the tech business. I'm in uh, retail. I'm, a, I'm in the cattle, beef business, whatever it is. Uh, very few people say, I'm in the soul business. I'm in the soul business. Now, this isn't a religion. This isn't a affiliation. This isn't a denomination. This isn't just a church of social interaction in the name of God. The true church, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he said, if you follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. You have one goal in your life. You're going after the souls of men. And this means that it's an enterprise, if you will. Most people don't realize God is a business God. He wants a profit. Uh, you know, and I, I say this to you uh, very sincerely. If you have a job, your job is to make your company money. That's your job. Now, you don't want to compromise and sin to do it. That's your job. If you don't get that, you need to quit. Yeah. Uh, your job is to make your employer money. Right. So you're supposed to do a good job to bring them the most profit because, and, and I'm not looking at this from a covetous vantage point or wanting to be rich. We're looking at finances this morning. The goal of a business is to do what? It's a real deep truth. Make money. Make as much money as possible to cut your losses, to manage wisely, to trim your expenses, your overhead, to get as much production as you can. You want to make money. That's the goal of it. God wants to make money. Some of you don't realize that. God is a financial God, and that's what... The creation is all about God's looking for a prophet right. and, a, and a big prophet. And if you want to be like God, you should do the same thing. So what does the Bible say? Jesus said, without me, you can do what? Nothing. In this world, God has made it that without money, you can do nothing. Now, a lot of people think they can because they, they're looking for a handout from the government, but somebody had to work to pay the taxes to go in the budget for all the giveaways. Right. A lot of people are, just don't even realize where the money comes from. Somebody had to work and somebody had to make a profit so they had some tax to give to the government so they could have their budget and then they decide whatever they do with it and sad to say a lot of it is not very smart we're in debt the the the, the federal debt is going up exponentially trillions 
as we speak. So the goal is to make money. If you, if you want to keep your job, try to make your employer money to do the best you can. So God made the world Amen. that you can't do anything without money. Try it. You say, I will live the rest of my life without money. See how long you make it. Can't buy food. You can't buy gas. You can't buy a car. You can't buy insurance. You can't pay your rent. You 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 will die. Uh, he made it that way, and you can't serve God and unrighteous mammon. You can't be a sellout for filthy lucre. Many of the parables that Jesus taught of the kingdom are about profit. I mean, if you're, if you're honest, the, there's a whole parable about the unprofitable servant that God got mad he broke even see it's not enough to break even you're supposed to make a profit in your business uh, I forget the statistics Mo a big percentage of ranches never make money now, it's so expensive if you've ever just go out and buy a thousand acres of land see what that costs you then make the payments and the taxes and and the upkeep and then the animals and the infrastructure and try to make a profit it's it's really difficult to do it's hard to break even you know like breaking even's a good year well no i only lost a little it's a pretty good year Go buy some horses and see how much money you make on hay burning horses and how much it costs with vet bills and feed and they eat your whole pasture down to dirt. Or buy some goats. Try that. That's even better. Uh, difficult to make a profit, and especially when it won't rain. Now, we got rain recently, praise the Lord. But, so God's in it for a profit. What about the guy who buried it in the ground and didn't go invest it? And, and Jesus said, at least you could have put it in the bank and made a little bit of interest, usury. Nowadays, you can't even do that. He said, at least you can make me some interest. So God wants us to take what he entrusted us with, find a good investment that will have a good return on your investment, and then it will become residual income and it will multiply and you can invest that profit and then you will glorify God with what he's entrusted you with and, and turn a profit. So if you think about the timeliness of and the assessment, you know, all of us have like assessments on our job. They, they have these qualifications. They'll fill it out. How are you doing? Are you keeping up with the standards? Do you meet all these things that the, the company requires? And then it's all based on profit margin. That's what really. And, and some people say, well, that's worldly. I don't live for money. Well, you're not supposed to live for money, but if you don't make money, you're going to die. You can't do anything without money. That's the way God made it. Why did he make it that way? To remind us you can't do anything without him. That's why he made money the way it is. So we're looking for the bottom line. What is the profit margin? So a soul, an eternal soul, is eternal investment capital. I know you, some of you say, that sounds a little worldly to me. I'm just telling you the truth whether you want to hear it or not. Your soul is eternal investment capital. Capital. That's right. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. 
invest it? Are you going to hide it? Bury it? Are you going to try to save it and steal it? Or are you going to lose it for Christ's sake, take up your cross and follow Him, and then He'll let you find out who you really are? See, there's people in this room you don't even know. You have not met yourself yet. You don't even know who you are because you're stealing yourself, saving your life. But if you'll lose it, God will let you find it. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Seems like a paradox. Now, so you can only find your soul and keep it by losing it for Christ's sake. And then if you follow Christ, you make God a prophet. You not only find it, but it says you will profit, you will gain, and you will obtain more through trading, as the Bible calls it. So, once you understand the value of your soul, then you understand what soul winning is all about. i got to go out and get me one so that I can teach them what God told, taught me, so that I can teach them to go out and get souls through the preaching of the gospel. And I need to become a fisher of men because I want God to make a profit off my life. If you, you, know, if you want God to be happy with you, make God a prophet. Why do you think God is, is different than your boss? You know, you, you showed up late, you didn't do a good job, you violated the dress code, you didn't do anything you were told to do, talked about the boss behind his back, started an insurrection among the other employees, now you got the big head, you were critical to, and mean to those under you, then you rebelled against those over you, and then you go in for your, your annual or six-month or whatever quarterly job assessment, and you think the boss is going to go, well, let's just give him a raise. No, you're fired. You've been written up twice, reprimanded. I gave you a chance. You're out of here. I want somebody who will do what they're supposed to do. You know, think about if God gave us a quarterly assessment. A, a you know biannual assessment. What if he, he called us in and said, turn in a prophet? What have you done with your soul? What are you doing with your soul? What are you doing with soul winning? He that winneth souls is wise. What are you doing with do you have a tree of life that's producing more fruit? Soul winning. So look at these key words. Follow me. He said, you come unto me, you have to deny yourself. You know how many people come to him but won't deny themselves? Through this new, easy, believe it, fake Christianity of self-help, wealth, prosperity, fake gospel. No, you have to deny yourself, then take up your own cross, crucify it, and then follow him. And then notice these words. If you save your life, you're going to lose it. Now this is most Christians. They're not losing their life for His sake. They're saving their life and they've lost who they are. They don't even know who they are. They're out there in the world getting in big trouble. Then He said, but if you lose it, for my sake, you'll find it. And then you find out, oh, this is who I am. You know, I remember when I got saved, I went, 
Well, where have I been all my life? <laughs> That's my favorite saying. Well, where you been all my life? You know that saying? I looked in the mirror one day. I said, oh, that's who you are. You idiot. Where have you been out there in the world away from God? I found out who I am. And then he said, what profit is, what could you give in exchange for your soul if you became the richest man on earth? but you lost your own soul, what would be the profit in that? There wouldn't be any. Because you came into this world with nothing. It's certain you will take nothing with you when you leave this world. So, if you think about it, this is the exchange. So then he says, exchange. So life then becomes a lifelong process of making decisions on what will you exchange for something better. You know, today, we're really sacrificing, aren't we? We're giving up two hours of our life to please God and honor Him on the Lord's Day to invest in eternity. We're exchanging two hours of time for exponential rewards in heaven. Most people can't show up. They can't get their carcass out of the bed or off the couch or wherever it is and get it into God's house. Now, so then it becomes an exchange. Am I willing to exchange this for that? Am I willing to take this and give it for that? And you realize through wisdom, this is the right decision to make. This is good management. This is good time management. This is good financial management. This is good energy resource management. I am going to make some exchanges in my life. So I'm going to exchange living it up on the weekends and start serving God. I'm going to exchange blowing my money and start managing it wisely, tithing and investing in God's kingdom so I can get a reward for God. And that's why I said if you first seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things shall be added unto you. The fringe benefits and the blessings. So when a prophet is realized, what is it really? A soul. Your soul invests in eternity and grows in grace and becomes more like Christ. And then you win souls and teach them to invest their soul in the kingdom. And they go out and become a soul winner and invest in the kingdom we're in the soul business. And some of, you, some of you can't get it through your head, however thick that thing is. This isn't a game. This isn't a social club. We're in the soul business. We're trying to get your soul right with God, your heart right, so that you can go out and win a soul so you can be used to God to get them right. That's what it's all about. I remember when I was a kid, isn't it weird how they used the greatest words in a perverted way? Like, that's righteous. They started using that surfing when I right before I got saved. That's a righteous layback cutback. No, it's not righteous at all. You're a heathen riding a floating piece of styrofoam covered with. It's not that good. It's not righteous at all. But I remember when I was a kid, there was something called Soul Train, and they had this guy Soul. There's all these certain type people get out in there and you gyrate and juke and 
jive and stuff. Yeah, it was so good that the guy who started that, Don Cornelius, he committed suicide. At least that's what I heard anyway. I think it's right. I'm not positive. It was so great. The soul train. You ever uh, have some relatives, they'll go through Mississippi. Let's get some soul food. I don't know. You better watch out. Uh, it depends if it meets the health standards. Um, but what is that? And then it's like, you got soul. What is that? Everybody's got a soul. Don't use a good word in a bad way. So, what's the real money? Souls. Because you can't take, it says, if you gained the whole world and lost your soul, what good would it do you? What good would it do you? It would do you no good whatsoever. Not only did you lose the money when you died and you left it behind, and most likely the heirs to your estate are going to blow it because you didn't give them any wisdom and teach them what to do. Hopefully that won't happen to you. But that, and not only did you lose that, now you lost your soul. And Jesus said, don't fear him who kills the body. You fear him who, who will kill body and soul in hell. So the value of a soul it's really amazing. You know, we can't hold this against Peter when he said this. He Actually, the chief of the apostles was used by Satan to try to tempt Christ not to die on the cross. The, the devil can use anybody. You know, and I learned this a long time ago. It's nothing personal. I don't take, it, I don't take anything in life personal. You know, if, if my wife does something, or my anybody... Anybody does something, I don't take it personal. If, if, the, if, or your friend, or your cousin, whoever it is, your mom or dad, or your boss, or somebody, you know, if, if the devil could use Peter, he can use anybody. But see, he had not been given the spirit yet. He didn't fully understand what was going to take place that Jesus had to die on the cross to fulfill the scripture, the messianic prophecies. And he had to lay down his life so that it would be raised up again. And then he didn't realize yet he had to lose his life so he could find it. And he had to take up his cross. And later on, according to history, he was crucified upside down in a martyr's death because he didn't feel worthy to be crucified like Christ. That's how great of a man he was. But you have... These same words, same principles, and you look at the pleasure of the world, which is but for a season, and then the possessions of the world, which we can't take with us. But then you have somebody who really gets it. They get in the soul business. Now, we all have to have a job. We all have to make money. As you go to work, you ought to be in the soul business. As you conduct your daily activities, you ought to be in the soul business. As you live week to week, day to day, you need to structure your life so you're in the soul business. That's what this is all about. You know, we always say, I want my kids to turn out right. What are you really saying? I'm in the soul business. You know, and, and like some mothers, like Hannah, they never have given their children to God. If they were honest, they never willingly turned their child over to God. They had fantasies and their own ideas. I know what it's all about. I've seen it my whole life. That's 
They want control over their child. They won't turn them over to the Lord and let the Lord's will be done in their life. That's being in the soul business. Not being a possessive person. You know, I don't own my daughter at all. God used me to bring her into the world. She's her own. She does whatever she wants. I'm trying to get her to do what God made her to do. Amen. So think about it. One soul is worth more than the riches of the whole world. Now, I, I can't even fathom it, but you, if you even went up to the decimillion, you know, if you took all of the minerals of the earth, just everything of the wealth, the gold, the silver, the precious gems, anything that can be grown, all the produce, uh, all the, the herds of the animals, the timber, the, the natural resources, the real estate, if you could put a value to that, all the mineral rights, you know, if you think about a millionaire, a billionaire, a trillionaire, a quadrillionaire, what is it, a quintillionaire? Is, is, I don't think there's any, a, a sextillionaire? <laughs> they thought they were rich. A septillionaire, octillionaire, novillionaire, decimillionaire. You know, these hot shots that think that they're so, so rich, trying to control the world, they're paupers. And they're not going to take any of it with them. They really don't own anything. You see, all you own is what you do with your soul. And all you own is what you do in soul winning. That's all you own. So, only what's done for Christ will last. If you took the approximate 4 billion of the world's population and you divided that into a decimillion, everybody would be a billionaire. It's just too much. There's too many zeros to even comprehend with our human finite mind. But if we believe the Word of God and we do and it is true, then we ought to get in the soul business. And if you're in the business, we need to have a little board meeting and see what we could do different to restructure, reorganize, reschedule, cut our losses, trim the, trim the overhead, and, and minimize your life and all these busy day-to-day -day things that rob you of all your time and energy and get in the soul business. We, we waste most of our time on things that are what I call time wasters. And time wasters is anything that doesn't, it's not a wise investment that makes you a profit. You know, sometimes we, I'll look at our missionaries and the ones we support, and I'll think, I wonder if that guy's a good investment. Me and my brother will have me. I don't know if they're putting out much, to be honest. Now, Kevin Wynn won 320,000 people last month. <laughs> it's unbelievable. One of our missionaries won 320000 in one month. Uh, why, why can't we get one? Uh, but, and I look at people and say, I wonder if they're producing. You know, that's, it sounds kind of worldly, doesn't it? But my brother said all the time, I don't think that guy produces very much. I don't think he's a producer. Maybe we should quit giving that guy money and give it to this guy who really produces. If you're a soul winner, you ought to have a goal to produce. You know, I remember when we first came here, the, the richest man in the church, he said, I'm going to tell you something. I forget what he called me. He said, oh, these snotty nose bus kids tearing up the psalm books and writing in the psalm books and carving in the pews. And he said, these bunch of wasters. 
Let me tell you something. If one of them gets saved, one, it's worth more than the whole world. Do you believe that or not? One soul is worth more than the whole world put together. You know, we were soul winning yesterday. And I was with my daughter and I was thinking, man, this isn't a very high quality neighborhood here. If I were honest, and the way that they upkeep their property, and the way it doesn't look like we we had a friend that uh, he was a hunting guide, and if it was a bad ranch, he'd say mm, low grade ore, you know, like if you're mining silver or something. And he'd always say that he go mm, that person's low grade ore, low quality, you know. And I'm thinking these people, what's the potential here? Well, they have a soul. If one soul gets it. It'll be worth it all. You know, some of you might be discouraged right now. You say, I go soul winning week after week after week. I pass out tracts. I sacrifice my family time. I go out of my way. I risk my life in some cases. One soul will be worth it all. Now, I know that we're not satisfied with that. But it will be worth it all. It is worth it all. One soul in the soul business think about it what is running the race set before us you got to do it lawfully strive lawfully to obtain the prize Good. cheaters may win for a while but you don't win in the end so it will be worth it all it is worth it all if you get in the soul business you know I've told you this story several times when we were in Bible college, and you had the Dan Ryan Expressway, and we would go down, and there was always this place called 86th Street and Marquette. Dangerous place. The L train, you know what a L, the train is in big northern cities. Everybody's riding it to work. And we were soul winning one. I don't know why we pulled in, and me and my brother, I don't know who else was there, we pulled into a liquor stove. You know, and all the liquor stoves have iron bars on every, it's dangerous. And we saw this black guy, and he's walking up, and, and, and I don't know who said, said, let's go preach to that guy. And you know, and you're thinking, man, you can smell him. He's a sod. You know, when somebody's such a drunk, it exudes from their skin. He was a sod, and he's a total drunk. Hadn't had a bath in weeks. You could smell him a mile away. And so we went up there, and we preached to him, and had him a track. And I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said, well, if this is true, then I don't need that looking no more. And he turned around and he walked. I said, this is unbelievable. And he was going in there to get him a Schlitz malt liquor or a, uh, forget what that other stuff was. What's that heavy-duty wine they drink? I forget what it is. I'll think of it in a minute. Tickle pink. No, it wasn't tickle pink. But anyway. Hey, uh, and he had some cools. Anyway, hey, uh, if I if I believe on Christ, I don't need that looking no more. We just walk, we're sitting there going, "This is unreal." He's walking away, and then we would be sent to places. That, and some of you don't believe this. We went so many miles into the hood; they had never seen a white person in real life. Only on TV shows. It's pretty scary. We, we'd have to wear white shirt, navy, with Ray-Ban military sunglasses so they thought we were 
in the CIA or something. But I mean, they'd never seen a white person in real life. And, I, and I'd go in and I'd think, what are we doing? This is dangerous. And we, our bus route was in Puerto Rican town. It's all segregated and racial. A lot of bad stuff had happened in Puerto Ricanville. That's what I call it. Uh, and the priests got mad at us. They turned the whole priest on us. But, you know, we're thinking, well, we're going soul women. You ever talk to somebody when they don't get it yet? And they'll go, that guy saved me. I've had, how many times has that happened? Brother Russell saved me. <laughs> it's funny. He told you how to be saved. He told you the gospel. You preach the God. That guy saved me. They don't get it. But they know they got to be saved. But why? Soul business. Soul business. So if you think about it, all that's going on in the world, all there is to complain about, disagree with, maybe get depressed, maybe get angry, all the stuff going on, all that matters is the soul business. So you're going to make a profit or you're going to get a gain. You have to deny yourself to follow Christ, take up your cross, and then you have to lose your life to find it and then you have to exchange. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, some of you need to decide, I'm not for sale. Sellouts. I'm not for sale. I don't care what you have to offer, how much you're going to give me. I'm not for sale. My soul is not for sale. You ought to watch the video sometime. They that sold their souls for rock and roll, it'll blow you away. They made contracts with the devil to be famous. It's well known. They'll tell you to their face. A lot of the Hollywood people, the politicians are involved in secret society, some of them. You know, I'm not, not going to sell out by the grace of God, buy the truth, and sell it not. So, just think about all that's going on what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? There's nothing. You know, it's just not worth it. We are in the soul business. Amen. All right, let's bow our heads. Close our eyes.